Welcome to this production from College Place United Methodist Church. To find out more about our church, please visit our website at www.collegeplaceumc.org. And now, here's our sermon from Dr. Bill Daniel. Glory to God. It is well. It is well. My prayers, it is well with your soul here in the new year. Let me offer my New Year's well wishes in faith to you. Happy New Year, College Place, UMC, and I'm so blessed to be back among you after a week. Uh, my birthday, uh, New Year's Eve, and thank you. It's, it was a delight. I had my daughter down from New York City, get to see her once or twice a year, and she came down uh, to Florida to see me, and it was a uh, it was the best present a dad could have to see his daughter flourishing, as we, as we all know if you're a dad. And so um, I come back among you renewed and ready to see what God has for us in 2019. I think God has the best yet to be for College Place and for you and for me. I truly believe that. I believe that we are God's people and we've been faithful and we continue to wrestle with principalities, flesh and blood, ethernet, microphones, and we thank those who wrestle on our behalf in staff and, and those who work here. And uh, I was able to tune in from this live stream until the mics all went finally to pot. And uh, you look good and sound in Florida if you've got mics. <laughs> and so I was thankful for that until they went they went dark, and so in a world that often does go wrong and go dark, we preach the light of Jesus Christ in the new year. Our text is John 1, the life and light that comes to all humanity through Jesus Christ. It is the epiphany message, the first manifestation. We look at the gospel according to John, the first chapter and the first verse, this first Sunday of the new year, Epiphany Sunday in the church's calendar. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. And from his fullness, 
we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses, but grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known to us. May the Lord bless you at the reading of his word from John, the first chapter. Epiphany. This passage is important, and it is an epiphany passage. It shines the light on the origins of life, the origins of the divine life, and how it is manifest and revealed into the world through Jesus Christ. Epiphany. First light. We celebrate, usually at Epiphany, the first appearance of Christ to the Gentile nations in the wise men. This is the Sunday of the wise men in the church calendar. It is also the Sunday still of Christmas for the Eastern Orthodox Church, and I've already been greeted with Merry Christmas in the Eastern Orthodox way. But this, in our calendar, is Epiphany, focusing on the first light in the new year to all nations, the life and the light that comes through Jesus Christ, the true light which enlightens everyone coming into the world. This light was the light that the wise men were chasing and ever facing as they sought the true life and the revelation of God in Jesus Christ. So Epiphany, a vision of God, Three Kings Day, or as it's known in the Eastern Orthodox Church, the Day of Light. This is the Day of Light, and there can be no finer passage of how the light has come, and we have beheld the glory of God together through faith, and that life and light offers us, if we are truly wise and truly humble, and offer ourselves, we find, as the passage says, from the fullness of we have all together received grace upon grace and grace and truth in Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful, powerful passage. And it comes just at the right time. Just at the right time when all the lights of Christmas have been taken down and all the presents have either been returned or put in their place in, in your house and the wrapping paper gone and all the trappings, all the light that reflects the glory of Christmas time has faded a little bit. Maybe the light of Christmas has grown a little dim for some of us, but right at Epiphany, we are reminded that the love of God, God streaming forth in the life and light of Jesus Christ, is the light that leads us onward as people of faith. And it had to be the first word that the Gospel of John spoke to the church. This was the mission of God to shed light upon all peoples. And I think it's neat to think of the wise men as sort of stand-ins for all of us in Western culture, those of us who were not Jews. The first light of the morning star, Jesus, dawning upon all peoples in the wise men. They are the first appearance, and that light that they were chasing and that they were facing is the light that we chase and face and has often grown dim in Western culture. But we need to keep our eyes facing in the right direction to truly see the light. 
there's a story told in the Eastern Orthodox churches about the wise men, and it often is told around this time of year. And even those wonderful wise men had their foolishness. I love the tale where even the wise men begin on their journey to find, to chase, and to face and encounter the light that would enlighten all nations in Jesus. Even the wise men lost sight of the star. How do you think they lost sight of the star? Well, they, they lost sight of the star like any of us people of faith lose sight of Jesus and the light of God. As the story is told, the wise men started out on the journey with high resolve. They were holy men of primitive religious traditions. And they went out with all of their hopes and all of their learning and all of their wisdom in hopeful expectation that the light was leading them to something, the true king, the light that would enlighten all nations. It was a great spiritual quest. And like all spiritual quests, they start off with high hopes, and then there's always challenges along the way to test the faithfulness of the pilgrim. And as the, far, as the star led them further and further from home, the miles behind them in the sand, the excitement turned to the reality, and they began to face one another as much as they faced and looked for the star. They began to argue about, well, how, how wonderful this will be, the first people from their nation to greet this new king of all kings that the prophecies spoke about, how marvelous that they could bring their knowledge and their gifts and their wisdom, and they soon began to quarrel among themselves. Who would be the first to offer the gift? Who would do the speaking? Who would make the great lecture and the great speech that shared the wisdom of the East with this great king? Whose gift was of the greatest worth? Who would show the most devotion to this new king? And as they began to quarrel and try to face one another and find out whose reputation was strongest, they discovered that they looked in the sky and they began to see the star had dimmed and the star was no longer leading them. They were lost in the desert. They wandered and they argued and they put the blame. You know, the first thing that any group of people do when there's a problem is not fix the problem, it's fix the blame. Who's to blame? We, when we lose the star in our own companies and our own families sometimes and our own churches even, we can often spend more time turning to one another and trying to fix the blame rather than to see what it is that's blocking the light. So they wandered, they fought, they asked questions. And one night they came to an oasis, an oasis in which travelers had already arrived and had drained the well dry of water. And the pilgrims felt that they were at their last, last place, the ones who had reached the oasis first. They had no more water and were awaiting death, sure death. But as the wise men arrived, they came with their entourage and they took, their, they took in the situation at the oasis, looked around at the poverty of the situation, the dryness, the dustiness, the lack of water. 
And the wise men, with no arguing, with true love in their hearts and compassion, brought forth all the water bags on the journey and emptied them into the well so that all at the oasis could drink. A beautiful gesture of love. Suddenly, the oasis became a place of great hope again. There was hospitality. There was warmth. There was happiness. And as they looked into the sky, what do you think they saw? The star. They saw it, but first, before they could see it in the, in the sky, they, as they looked down and poured the water in together, they saw the reflection of the star in the bottom of the well. Out of the act of humble, selfless love, pouring the water bags in the well, they first, as they knelt, saw the reflection of the star and then were able to look up and complete the journey. I love the story. It's not biblical. We have no way of knowing if it had any historical basis of truth. But sometimes truth is so true it needs a story to tell it fully and to tell it properly. And I think the story of how only love poured out together can possibly see the shining star. I think it has the strong point that is in John, the first chapter. In the first chapter of John, it talks about the light that enlightens all men. The true light which enlightens all people is coming into the world. The people of Israel couldn't see it. They were isolated. But the light of Jesus came and it said, we together, the word became flesh and lived among us and we together all have seen its glory. It took all of the nations to truly see the reflection of Christ's glory. We together receive and share in this light and the glory of Jesus comes to us reflected in grace and truth. That's what we see as we pour out our love. Only love can truly see God's light that leads us, leads us onward and leads us home. Has anyone lost sight of the light early in this new year? Has anyone lost sight of your way? led by all the leading lights and knowledge and wisdom and cleverness and economic power that is at your disposal, has any of you found yourself wandering this epiphany, looking for a little more light on the subject? Only love can see the light that enlightens all men. From the fullness of Christ we have all received Grace upon grace. No one has ever seen God, but it is in God, the only Son, who is close to the Father, that God is made known and we see His glory. Reflected to our human eyes, all the fullness of life and light that fills the universe, it comes to us with human eyes and human ears in the story of Jesus and in the life of Jesus. And so we receive the present, the light of grace and truth. But it kind of depends on which direction you're facing, doesn't it? And who you're facing the deserts with. The wise man's story do remind us that in order for us to see the light, we have to share the light. 
we have to be together and looking into the depths of where God wants light to shine forth. And Scripture is a good place. And in worship, too, we offer together ourselves that we may see grace and truth, the glory of God reflected in the lives of one another, in our songs that we sing together, in the word we hear preached and then lived out. The sermons can mean very little unless they are lived out. The sermon has to be completed. The light of the scripture only bears its true light if it's leading us onward past the places of dryness that we find as a church in our families and certainly the dryness that is in our culture. Whether we see the light of Christ and whether that glory dawns on us and continues to lead us depends on whether we're sharing and loving through the name of that light. It's very easy to lose the light along the way. Which way are we facing? Which way are we facing? A few years back when I was pastoring in Louisville, I had to leave on Christmas Eve from Atlanta. I had to say goodbye to Patty, which I wasn't really happy about. Had to leave and go down, uh, make a journey, a couple of hours to, to Louisville because we were doing a, uh, a Christmas Eve special set of services. And so it's going to be uh, late that night. And so I left and I went and I'd heard tale that there was this wonderful live nativity scene in Sparta, Georgia. Anybody ever been to Sparta, Georgia? You've been to Sparta? Pretty small town, but they're famous for their live nativity scene put on by the Methodist Church down there. And I had heard tale of it. Now, Sparta is in the North Georgia Conference of the United Methodist Church. It's just over the line, and we were just under the line of the South Georgia. So we were kind of like maybe not even kissing cousins in a way from the Methodist Church. I wasn't familiar with that church. It was about an hour away from, from Louisville. But I'd heard it had the best live nativity scene. So I just go through the town looking for the church and looking for the steeple, because usually you can find a Methodist church in a, in a county seat town like Sparta. You can find a Methodist church right downtown, right? But it was a little off from the town. I got lost, and I was looking around and finally found the steeple, and there weren't any lights on in this church. It was all dark. And I couldn't find any sign of life on Christmas Eve there, which was strange in and of itself, not to see much activity at a church on Christmas Eve. And so I uh, was facing the church and facing what I thought was where all the people were. And I finally said, well, I'm going to give up on this. So I went down to the Dairy Queen. You can count on there being a Dairy Queen in most towns, Dollar General and Dairy Queen, right? Those were what you can count on. And in Sparta, um, they had a nice Dairy Queen. So I went down there and I said, I, isn't there a live nativity scene somewhere in this town? I heard there's a beautiful one at the United Methodist Church. It was all dark up there. And said, oh, you were facing the wrong direction. You got to look the other way from the steeple down the hollow down in there, across the way from the church. You were just facing the wrong direction, preacher. I told her I was a preacher. I said, well, thank you for sharing the light. And I went back over the hill, and as I was going back the other direction, I could see the light from this little hollow down behind some trees. And it was the most beautiful live nativity scene I'd ever, I'd ever seen. I was just facing in the wrong direction. I thought I would see the light in the steeple, or I thought I'd see it in the sanctuary, or I thought I would see it in the people. 
all around, milling around the church, but the people had gone out into the community. They'd taken that nativity scene right out to this hollow right on the edge of town that all the people could see in the town. If you were looking for the church, you might miss it. But if you were looking for the light of Jesus Christ dawning upon the world, you couldn't miss it, particularly if you were from Sparta. Facing in the direction. Sometimes we, we look at church life and we look at our life together and, and um, we say, where is the light? Where, where is the, the power? Where is the glory? Where is the grace and where is the truth? And sometimes we aren't facing in the direction of where that grace and truth is leading us in our lives. So many stories, so much faithfulness in your lives, and yet it's easy for us to lose sight of the star or the direction or the spirit in our lives. But this passage says, we all together, together, Jew and Gentile, slave and free, rich and poor, together we need each other. People of every nation need each other to see the light reflected in Jesus Christ. As we share and as we love and pour out our gifts and pour out our lives in the dry places, the oases of our lives, that is where we begin to see the reflection of the light. God's light coming upon the world. We worry so much about the light going out of our church and our religious tradition, and yet the world is God's manifestation he was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world didn't see the light. They were facing in the wrong way. They came, he came into what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, to all and all together, he gives us power to become the children of God. Born, born of not blood or of the will of the flesh, but of the Spirit of God. The Spirit is being born in us. God's glory is all around us. We behold it together when we love. We do not see the shining of the light without the sharing of our love, pouring out of ourselves together. We can see reflections. That is what this table is for. This table is an oasis that calls all of us who have lost sight of the star, lost sight of Hope, lost sight of peace, lost sight of the wisdom and the peace that passes all understanding. It is an oasis for those with brokenness and pain who have wandered aimlessly. This oasis is a place calling those who would be wise in faith, come, behold him together as the people of God. And together we behold him, the glory of God, full of grace and truth. As we come to this table, we come to pour ourselves out, our lives, our love, our adoration, our faith. And we even bring our doubt to this table where we struggle. And the promise of Scripture is that the light comes and the glory of God will come to us, full of grace and truth. Grace to forgive and to help you to move on from brokenness in your lives, that grace is here if you will humble yourself and pour yourself out. If you will receive Christ, you will perceive that light 
that love, that grace, and that truth. It is here that God's glory is received, but we all must receive it together. This table is open this Epiphany Sunday. It is an open table. It commemorates Christ's life and death and eternal life, which is the light now that leads us this Epiphany Sunday and in the new year. I don't know what the new year holds for us, where God's light is leading us. There are some that believe the light is going out of our church through decisions that we will face on a national and international level. But what are we seeking in the new year? As God's people, we are seeking the grace and truth of Jesus Christ, and we will see that light if we share the love of God and pour ourselves out. We have to face together in the same direction. Perhaps if we're facing and only looking for the light to dawn in our churches, perhaps it will only be a dim light. But if we're looking for God dawning through life and light and love in the hollows, in the empty places, in the oases of this world, then we too can be born of that light. What light do you seek in the new year? What love do you seek to share with others in the new year? Where will we look together as we see God's Spirit birthing us with love and light to lead our church and lead our culture back to the light that enlightens all people? This has been a production of College Place United Methodist Church. May God bless you richly upon hearing this message.